Hello and welcome to The Future Report. Today we've got a couple of new tech items that's been coming out and uh, a couple of uh, end of month topics that we're going to be talking about. Uh, so I'm going to start us off just right away with the PS5 Pro. That's uh, speculated to be coming out. Well, not speculated, but that's coming out. Um, the main specs that we have on that right now are it's going to be running at 120 FPS in 4K, which is really good for a console. That's uh, that's twice the last generation. More than so, that, actually. What was the PS4 Pro? Wasn't it like 4K 60? But uh, No, it was not 4K. Was that was 1440, 1440, I think. 1440, yeah, this is more than twice. Yep. More than two times. Um, it's going to be using AI upscaling for a lot of this stuff. Uh, especially, they're adding an optimization mode for games that only offer 40 FPS, because there are a lot of those that just don't really require high FPS. Um, but they're going to be giving us variable refresh rate uh, and just AI upscaling for... Uh, the smaller games, the ones that uh, don't give you right out of the box what... So games that were designed for the first PS5 but aren't really taking advantage of the hardware, the PS5 will just upscale it to fit, basically? Yep. Uh, so one thing that I thought that I'd mention about this is um, it has a 4 nanometer Zen 2 processor in it. So that's that's crazy. It's tiny. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got uh, 56 GPU cores. And uh, it's running at 18 gigabits per second with, uh, wait a second, that says gigabits per second. That's supposed to be RAM. Gigabytes per second. Yeah, it'd gigabytes, be gigabytes per, per second. second. There we go. Um, GDDR6 memory. So that's... Uh, that's Much a wider bandwidth than what the last one was. Because I feel like the last one was only like 12 or 13. Um, I'd have to look it up. But I remember it not being incredibly spectacular. I remember um, it's it, the first PS5 is equivalent to like a 6700 or 6700 XT. Yeah. So I remember, I, I wonder so. if that makes me interested in what this will be equivalent to. Yeah, so the, the clock speed, well, the potential clock speed is going to be 4.4 gigahertz for the CPU. So that's, Sheesh. it's pretty much just a latest Ryzen processor. Um, it's actually really insane. And it it's still the same $500 that it's always been. So it's not even like they're upcharging for it. And now that there's not a shortage, I'm hoping that we can actually get our hands on them. Maybe. Yeah, I I uh, never got a PS5, but Me neither. <laughs> maybe it's uh, maybe it's our time. <laughs> I had easier luck getting a 3070 than I had getting a PS5 yeah, back in that's, the day, which is really funny. Yeah, it's crazy. So on the topic of software, kind of moving away from hardware for a moment, um, one I, kind of on the same topic of AMD, AMD's kind of been topping the charts recently for news. They're kind of all over the place. Um, but one of the things that has always kind of been the thorn in the side for AMD has been professional workloads. And I personally haven't really recommended AMD for professional really ever because there isn't much that they offer that NVIDIA doesn't already do, if not better. Yeah. Um, and the biggest downside... Especially in the professional environment. Especially. And the worst... I think the worst um, example of AMD's poor software integration has been CUDA for the last decade since NVIDIA released it. And two weeks ago, um, a GitHub went public. Um, it's by a developer named Vosen, and it's called Zluda. And what it's attempting to do, um, it's attempting to um, create compatibility, native compatibility, um, with AMD's driver 
and software is running CUDA, uh, the instruction set. So what they're trying to do is drive up that performance and avoid using OpenCL. Um, so the variety of applications supported currently Geekbench, uh, Zephyr, Blender, uh, Reality Capture, Lamps, NAMD, there's a couple of AI upscaling and um, the AI like image generation tools that have always benefited from CUDA. Yeah. Um, Arnold, which they actually provided a um, couple of screenshots from the Arnold render uh, and it's proof of concept so it actually has been broken since they started it and okay. they've been like upgrading it throughout the um, pre-alpha alpha process. Um, but it's pretty solid. I remember when um, I first started learning Blender and kind of deciding what graphics card I was going to upgrade to, the best um, AMD GPU, which it still is right now, but the 7900 XTX, yep. could only perform on par with a 3070. So yeah. very, very obvious that it's just not able to even use the whole Yeah, because the 7900 is like $600 right now. I mean, like back then, it was a thousand. It was a yeah. fat one k back when I was looking at them, and the thirty seventy was like five fifty. So yeah. it was getting gapped by a chip that was two years older, and half the price, and up what a third of the VRAM. Yeah. So the AMD was getting cooked. Um, the major points for this software and why it's not for everybody, uh, it's basically malware. So the yep. way that it operates, it's a it's a process hijacker. So it will trigger any anti-cheats that may exist in a game. So don't even yeah, try to use it for use frames. This. Don't do it. Nope. You will get back banned or whatever. You will be gone. Um, it basically hijacks the process and then redirects any CUDA instruction calls to Zluda instead. Yep. And that's kind of how it works. So right now it's very, very early in development. There's no 32-bit support. Uh, and most of the features are only on Linux right now. So if you're trying to use it for Blender to improve your speed, uh, you're switching to Ubuntu whether you like it or not until they fix it or make it improved enough to be used on Windows. But what I would really hope for this, honestly, would be that it gets implemented somehow into AMD's actual driver directly. Yeah, something just a, an easy integration. Yeah. And uh, it won't open for applications that don't allow it. Yeah, and then that, and it also doesn't have to hijack the process. It just has the instruction sets built in. Yeah. I remember that's the thing right now is, um, like, I don't see any use in really using the AMD Pro drivers. Like, there's a point in using the studio drivers for a GeForce card, but I've never seen benefits from the studio drivers. Maybe just higher stability. Yeah, but I've never seen it either. It's just, it doesn't, in, from our experience, it's limited. So perhaps maybe your work environment may differ, but for yeah. us, it's been really not super important but something like this could really be a stepping stone for amd now they are 10 years late more than 10 years late what 2011 so what almost what 13 years ago they're late yeah they're very late yeah i um i've got to be honest because it's been so long i completely forgot i just forgot that they didn't have an equivalent to cuda they've always tried to use OpenCL, yeah. which just doesn't work at all as well um i do have a chart demonstrating the it's right from their GitHub. It shows the performance difference for a before and after. Yep. Uh, and for those of you watching on YouTube, which if you're watching or you know listening to this on iHeartRadio or Equivalent, you should probably check out the YouTube channel because we have uh, chapter markers, uh, any kind of on-screen um, charts or imagery that we have that we kind of discuss throughout the podcast. You'll actually be able to see it on YouTube. Yep. Um, so overall, it's a better viewing experience. Um, so that'll be displayed there for you guys to see. Um, 
to you. All right, so uh, on the topic of the AMD cards, we actually have a new AMD card that came out today. Uh, it's the RX 7900 GRE. That's the Golden Rabbit Edition. Uh, it's just a small release. It's just a slight upgrade or a slight downgrade from the XT. So it's pretty much the same card, except it has a narrower memory bus, and um, it's running at uh, 5.49 on the drop. So. Not a bad price, if I'm being honest. It's a it's a pretty decent card. Uh, actually, I don't know much about the the performance yet, but it's it's pretty much just an an RX 7900 XT, except it's just got that smaller memory bus. It runs at between 1440 and 4K, so pretty much a normal gaming card at this point. It's nothing special, and uh, 16 gigabytes of GDDR6. It's not bad at all. Nope. Um, so what do we know about, well, I do know that this was already released like four months ago, but it was an Asia exclusive, so you can never get it over here. Yeah, it's it's here now, so. Yeah, so it's almost like a re-release. Yeah, it's it's but. pretty much like the, uh, the Super. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, for those of you watching, it's a, a GeForce RTX, like the, the 4070 Super. It, it's like, it's just a, a better version of the normal card but a worse version of the upgraded card right it's so just, you know how the, flat the, in the uh, middle. ti and then the just a way for amd to move some of that excess silicon from the exactly. xt that they don't yep. it doesn't make the cut but it's better than the base so they have its own little skew for it now yeah so um like i said 1440 to 4k uh it's got 80 compute cores so it's a, it's better than a PS5 Pro. <laughs> That's true, but it's also the price of a PS5 exactly. Pro. Exactly. <laughs> it's more expensive than a PS5 Pro. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it on that topic. Uh, and then the last thing that we have um, on the topic of price and kind of price cuts and not necessarily budget friendly on this particular list, but considering it's end of February, these are the overall best CPUs for you guys to buy for your builds coming up. Um, right now for the top end, it's recommended, obviously there's really only two options, 4900K uh, or KF if you really don't care for the integrated graphics card. Yep. And then from AMD, the 7950X3D. Yep. Um, all of them are on pretty heavy price cuts right now, 13% off and 15% off. You can have a 1400, 4900KF for $540, um, which right now that's kind of the my go-to personally. But for debugging, it's actually very nice to have an integrated graphics card. Um, I'm getting the price on the 14900K. I just didn't have it up. Um, yep, 549. It was 540. Yep. Uh, for the KF, and then 549 for the K. So yeah. it's like seven dollars difference. Yeah, you know that, that it's on the graph right here, right? I see that. Yeah, but I was checking to make sure because the prices have actually changed since that image okay. was made. Um, the right, I wasn't 79, sure. yeah, sorry. So what's the core count on those? So it's, uh, they're split, so they do the E cores and P cores. Yep. So it's eight P cores and then 16 E cores. So On it, which one? On both of them. They're, they have the same cores. Okay. So it's eight and 16, meaning you basically get fat and eight, like a stack of eight fat cores and then 16 efficiency cores. Yep. And from our experience, it's been pretty good, like very good actually, because one of the main things is when you have a ton of applications that just kind of run dormant in the background that don't need that much, you can have a lot of efficiency cores to throw at them. Yeah. Um, these efficiency cores aren't weak either. Um, the efficiency core is 
for the 14th gen is on par with like a normal core from a 10th or 11th gen. So these aren't even poorly, like these don't poorly perform. Um, you, they're just easier to stack. So you get more of them. Yep. Um, so the 4900K, see if I can find it. They've actually put all of them. So the 3900KS and the 1400, or yeah, 4900K all in the same stack. So it's kind of hard to find the prices. Um, the KF's 543, uh, five, the, actually the 14900 is 579. Um, one major difference is the ones with the eGPUs right yeah. on the chip actually run a little slower. So yeah, five they usually point, have a lower clock speed. Correct. So 5.4 gigahertz as opposed to six. So it'll pull a lot of wattage from your system as well. They're saying it's pulling 250 by itself. So it's a bit of a big investment. Right, what's the TDP on there? TDP on that one, I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not sure, but I've seen it pull like like 180 or something. I've seen it pull. No, the 4900 KF. Once you let it go, it's pulled as high as 300 before. Really? 300. It'll pull as much as the 3090 if you let it, which is ridiculous. Um, from Team AMD, the 7950 X3D is 595 down from 699. So wow. that's a better yeah. buy. Um, than definitely than how it was indicated on that original graph. Yep. Um, so they're very close in price. Um, from my experience, this is 16 fat cores. There's no efficiency cores versus P cores. These are all the same. Um, I kind of have a tendency to go AMD personally. Yeah. Um, but there are actually very valid reasons to go one or the other. If you're doing professional work, do your own research and figure out what works best for you. Yeah. Um, for a couple of things like code compile, right now, AMD is in the lead. So if you're a developer, you do a lot of compiling for source code or like the Chromium test, you can look up its benchmarks, the AMD will pull ahead just slightly. So yep. that's a recommendation. Going down the list, it's less professional, more gaming. So in second and third place, we have 7800X3D for gaming. You yep. can't go wrong. And then if you just don't quite have the 387 they're asking for that chip, then grab yourself from last generation to 5800X3D for 298. Still an amazing. Still TV. amazing. Still It'll amazing. still match some i9s. Some and that really that price not. is holding strong too. They're, yep. It's you're you're buying what the product is worth. Exactly. So, Every penny, no penny wasted yeah. on that one. You you get just straight raw performance from that. Mm -hmm. And then they also the 5800X3D does run a little cooler, so it's a little bit more flexible with where you can put it. So yep. and, size and builds. cooler size. Yep, everything. Because if you're trying to, it's not just about the CPU when when we're talking about price. When you buy a more expensive CPU, you need to buy a more expensive cooler to cool that CPU. So you're just you're just piling more cash on top of it when you're and buying something not even expensive. that as not even that like beyond the cooler as well the motherboard having x amount of pci lanes available because yep. these higher end chips do support more pcie lanes but then if you buy an incredibly cheap motherboard you're gimping the performance on the chip yeah and you're not even getting so you're not even getting what you're what no you're paying you're, paying, you're overpaying for cores yep. which you might not even be running at the full speed because your board can't provide that power um, right after, so back to the chips, right after the 5100X3D, uh, the 5600X is still a pretty solid buy. And then the 7600 from the Zen 4 Ryzen series is also very solid. Uh, for Intel, you can't really go wrong with the i5. However, it hasn't been competitively priced in a while. So it's yeah. difficult to recommend it as the, much. I like the i3 for less gaming centric computers. If you're not trying to game a lot, the i3, uh, what is it, the 14... 14100F, right? That's the 4-core. I don't remember. 14... Let me look for you. 
because I'll pull the price for it as well because I yeah. know that there's a couple of but them it's, now. But it's a really good CPU for the price and uh, it generally runs really what you need it to. I haven't, I haven't actually reached a, a maximum capacity for that CPU like I, um, in testing those. So you can get a 14100 with four performance cores at 4.7 gigahertz and a 60 watt TDP for $130 right now. Yeah. $439. I mean, it, so. four cores seems low, but when, when you're running at, what was it, five, 4.5 gigahertz? 4.7. 4.7 gigahertz, that, that's really what you need. I mean, if you're buying that, pretty much all you're trying to do on there is run a couple of... A couple of programs couple and like a couple of games. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe not even games. Like if you're just browsing, mm -hmm. you're browsing the internet and stuff. Just browsing, it'll be great. It'll um, be what I will CPU. say, um, so we have a friend, a close friend of ours, who's kind of been waiting for an RMA for an i9, yeah. and currently he's on a 14100F, just kind of in limp mode until the new one comes in the mail. And I've kind of been corresponding with him, trying to figure out like, hey, is everything working? Is it stable? Are you having any issues? And he basically told me he runs everything 4K, multiple monitors yep. and the 14100F for most of the games he plays is just fine. It's not anything to write home about and it's especially out of its league on a 4K kind of setup. Yeah. But he can play Counter-Strike 2, he can play Battlefield 2042, he can play Battlefield 5, yeah. kinda. It's, it's not half it's bad. It's really impressive. It's insanely impressive. But if what you is do it? have a what little bit more... What do you think the... More, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, you, you can... I was going to say if you have just a little tiny bit more the i5 is a significantly better buy for gaming because yeah. 6P cores, 4E cores at 4.7. So you're not really losing any, there's really no downsides. Nothing gets downgraded core for core, but you just get more of them. So what what do you think the best value for gaming is as a I would say CPU? In, uh, single core performance because it's been demonstrated. I'm talking about just just as like, what CPU do you think is the best for gaming? 5800X3D still. However, if What about you the 8600G? If you care about upgrading later, the 5800X3D is like B tier. If you yeah. care about getting the best performance right now, and you're, you know for a fact you're not overpaying a single penny at all for any of the performance, 7800X3D. The 8600G is an excellent option. I didn't really bring it up as much because a lot of people right now aren't really using them as much. From what I've seen, most people are actually going for the X3Ds right now while they're still available and cheap. Yeah. However, if you don't have the space for a full-size PC or... But the, the, 70, the 7800X3D is um, it's like 400 some dollars. Correct. Right? Yeah, but the, the 8600G is only 230. Correct. The so difference the, is that... The, the value in that is much higher if you're just trying to get what you want now. Correct. If you're not thinking about the future. But if you think about opportunity cost, like when you buy it right now, you oh, need yeah, a board, yeah. you need the chip. I'm, I'm talking then, about just yeah, what is so, the best value in a gaming chip right now. And I think that that would be the, the 8600G. I, I'll be completely honest. I still feel like comparing the 8600G and the 5800X3D, they're very close. Because it depends on what person. Yeah, they're they're close, but I would if say you're it depends on what just strictly price to performance. Definitely, but it depends on what you're looking for because it's relative. I don't. I wouldn't recommend getting an 8600G if you're planning on buying a graphics card. Yeah, like yeah, that's, but that's, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm strictly saying. So you're saying so you're just price so to performance. The way you're talking about like right price now. to performance for straight up out of the box with yes, no GPU, the then it's no question. Yeah. 
But for well, most, for a lot a of people, the X3D, so. well, of course, but you need a GPU for either of them. The caveat is that one of them comes on the chip. Well, you can't right? actually, you can game with that APU that comes in the, the exactly. Ryzen 5. That's why I'm saying that is, that's, that's and its it biggest has thing. impressive performance. It's what, like a 50, no, it's like a 5600. I remember someone mentioned that it yeah, was very close it's to something like a 5600 5, right on a chip. Yeah. No additional cooling required. It's great. But what I'm saying is for a lot of people, one of the reasons that it might be better value to go 1500 X3D, you don't need a new board half the time. You don't need new RAM half the time. You don't need but, all the newest but stuff. But the, the great thing about the, the 8600G is you're already getting the new the new uh, generation of board. So you don't but have, you have to, to think buy about... it though. That's the thing. It's, yeah. still, it's still an individual component as if much you, as it's not. I'm just saying like a new user... So if you're buying completely new, brand new, not upgrading anything. Okay, so let's let's if, let's cut. Let's how about, be let's, let's, let's cut be down. Honest. How about we cut down the like what we're talking about then? Because yeah. I'm thinking value from a different perspective. Well, let's let's be honest. If if you already have a computer, yes. and you're just trying to upgrade the CPU, obviously let's say you're going to go for the Let's X3D. say someone gives you a computer, or you go on Facebook Marketplace and you buy a used build that ships with something like what you have a 2700X, yep. or what I used to have like the equivalent of like a 1700X, right? I'm not going, there's no value proposition to replacing the board, RAM, and CPU. What I can get almost to the T, either the same or better performance for like a single $300 purchase instead of like a $600 purchase. Yeah. However, if I was building something completely compact and I was building it from scratch, I would probably go 8600G because I don't want to deal with either having to vertically mount a GPU yeah. or deal with the, the power overhead and in such a tiny case when I can just throw a single chip on there, that'll give me more than enough performance. I think it's yeah. just different customers require different things. But you're definitely onto something with the 8600G being excellent because I've never seen... And it is six cores. It's six cores. And it's a full APU. That's yeah. like a 5600 right out of the box. For only for less than $300. Like, what's the price on it on Amazon? 229 right 229 I, I don't know about Amazon, but... Yeah, let's see. I know that the 8600G is brand spanking new. Yeah, 207. 207. 207? 207. 207. That's for the 8500G. I'm sorry. All right, yeah. The 8700G is the one you were talking 8600G. about? 8600G. 86. So the 87 is 329. The 86... I'm not seeing it. 80, I put in 8600G, but it didn't come up. Hmm. They, yeah, I'm not seeing it. They only have either. the 5 and the 7, which is kind of bizarre. The 5600G is still up there, too. Not bad. 137. But like I said, I would argue that I think if you're trying to... If you're trying to upgrade, if you're trying to build for, like, dirt cheap and you're willing to go scrappy and go used, it doesn't make sense to rebuild. Yeah. But if you're building new and you don't really care about the highest end games... You're not looking for AAA. You're not looking for 4K or 1440p. You just want 1080p, 1080p high refresh rate. Let's say 165 hertz. Just the average person is still 1080p. Then yep. I would definitely say go 86 or 8700G. There's really no reason not to. The 8500G is still six cores, by the way. I just saw that. It's not even cut down at all. It's the same thing. 207. I'm, I'm sure it's slower. I mean, I'm sure the, the effective speed is slower, but 
Yeah, the, the 8600G, you can get it on Newegg, B&H, Best Buy, and Memory C very soon. And what are they asking for it? Um, 224. So 207 versus 224. I wonder what the performance difference is. Uh, this one's 4.3 gigahertz, the other one's 5.4. I mean, wait, wait a second. This one says 3.5 up to 5. 3.5, yeah. So they're both 3.5 so up the to 5. So the 8500G is 3.5. The 8600G is 4.3. They both support overclocking though. This is very interesting because they're not locked, which means theoretically you could get a 5 gigahertz 8500G. So yeah, I wonder this one, this if- I wonder one comes if, with a cooler too. Yeah, they both do. I wonder if there's, um, I wonder how much L3 cache there is, because that would really be the uh, biggest This one has factor. 16 megabytes. 16, okay. Let me see what this one has. The 8500G, 8500G L3 cache. Because if it's 16 as well, then this is where it starts to get interesting. Hmm. It just says L2 cache on here. I can't see L3 cache. It doesn't look like it's even documented enough. Let me see if it's on AMD's website. They usually put it, they usually put that information on there. But we're getting a little off. We should topic. probably, yeah, we, we should probably, probably close it off. But this is kind of the fun of the podcast. This is like part of this is the most fun part. It's just those fun little debates. It says um, on here L2 is six. Yep. Doesn't specify its L3 cache at all. Yes, but this one. Oh, here it is, 16 on the 8500G. Right. Max boost of five. So this would be a really interesting, like, super budget gaming PC configure, like a comp, like a comparison. Yeah. But it's only fourteen dollars more for that extra, almost a whole gigahertz more base though. Yeah. So I wonder if it's just a different factory overclock for the eighty six hundred G as opposed to, like, you're just paying AMD to do the work for you of overclocking it a little bit. Maybe. Because that's also not a guarantee that it'll reach five at all. Because I've had chips that'll go, it'll say max boost, for example, my old Threadripper said max of four, and I was running it at 4.2 on eight cores, no problems. Yeah. But then I've had like an old 3900X that set a max boost of like 5.2, yeah, you know, and it didn't even make even it Even the 5500 is documented to only go up to 3.8, mm -hmm. and it was running at 4.2. Base, just stick in there. So I guess the argument now comes down to how much do you care about your frequency? I think if you play something like Counter-Strike, it's probably worth it to spend the 15 bucks and not worry about it. Yeah. Games like that, Counter-Strike, I Valorant, would do it just because it, pretty much. you're going to have the same cooling capacity, pretty much everything, just higher frequency. There's really not a, yeah, there's not really a reason to go 8500 unless you feel like overclocking and digging around in your motherboard settings for a while. Yeah. But yeah. I guess I'll close this off then. All right. Um, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in today. Um, if you would like to see more of our podcasts and our work, we have all of them listed. Uh, if you're on YouTube, they're all in the playlist labeled The Future Report. Uh, and then whatever your provider is, wherever you're watching it from or listening in from, it'll have it listed there as well. We would appreciate you following us. Um, that's about it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.